0: Uh, is uh, Steve Stevenson is the director of Life Forward, which is a ministry in the city that for decades has sought to serve women and children and families who find themselves in challenging pregnancy situations, uh, wanting to give everything that was necessary uh, to provide those families that want to choose to carry the child um, to term. And I talked to Steve months ago as things you know, politically had changed and laws that change to say, all right, the, the, the context situation is going to change. How do we continue to love children in our midst, to love uh, women, to love families? Because we know we're going to be involved about that. And I guess we just need a few more months before we hear all those details. But particularly, you can, you can go online, you can check out the ministry. But we, it's just one of the ways that we live out God's heart for children in the world uh we Later on in the the service, Colleen will be sharing a little more about how we connect with uh, children in our community through WizKids and through our partnership at Pleasant Hill School and mentoring and tutoring. Jennifer Cronk, who's the assistant pastor to children. We have a pastor for children's ministries that she will be sharing what we did. A number of us who went to London to to carry the the good news um, to, uh, to support actually a church in London to doing a vacation Bible school with children from all over. The world. We'll be hearing about that as well, um, and other ministries. Uh, not, you know, just our the children's ministry as we care for the children in the congregation through uh, things like Sunday school classes, through three C's nursery uh, care and um, kindergarten, which is a, a daycare throughout the week that's starting up here in a couple of weeks. That's been going on for decades. Uh, also, uh, we also um, Jesus University that cares for um, uh, young women and uh, um, young girls in terms of, of dancing. Um, the also with Samuel Mach, who is the director of Next Generation Ministries and Youth Ministries, and partnering with other ministries in our city. We put money where our mouth is. We put time and energy and hands and feet with children in our church, in our community, in our city, in our world. And Steve is going to share particularly some of the ways we do that in our city and give some of that theological background as to why that's the case. Uh, so that last part, we'll get to still do. Why? Why do we spend so much time focusing on children? There's a, there's a lot of good reasons that you might think of. You, you hear you hear regularly, hey, the children are the future of the church. That's why we do it. That's not a bad reason. But that's not what Jesus said. It's not his focus. Or it might be children are the best way to connect to adults. Maybe you've heard that. You, know, you you love uh, you love an adult's child and then the adult will love you back uh, maybe maybe the case um, again that's not what Jesus said that's uh, strategic strategic it's to get people early you don't want to get children you want to teach them um, the 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 ways of Christ um, early so that they will they will be mature disciples in their adulthood that, that makes a lot of sense too that's not what Jesus Said in the passages that we'll look at today, why is it that we focus such attention on children? Well, let's, let's pray together. Uh, Almighty God, uh, we do thank you again for your word that speaks to us of the ways of Jesus. And so now, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to, to hear from you. And then empower our feet and our hands to do what you call us to do. For your glory and honor and for our growth and maturity in you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, our uh, passage then that we'll look at is in the Gospel of Mark. Um, we're actually... We're scheduled next week to start a series going through the Gospel of Mark, looking at the remarkable Savior of Jesus through the eyes of of Mark. And so I imagine uh, in my time of deep prayer yesterday, as uh, matter of fact, this sermon probably has the highest proportion of prayer to preparation of any sermon that I've given since the last time this kind of thing happened. Um, but that's sort of what happened. Uh, it was not a surprise that in the midst of that, um, some passages from Mark came to mind. Uh, so the first one that we'll look at is Mark chapter 9, verses 35 through 37. And he, Jesus, sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone would be first... He must be last of all and the servant of all. Now, just uh, just on that one, just note, a little aside here. This is the main point of the Gospel of Mark. That Jesus, that God is a servant. Jesus comes to serve. And, of course, the greatest act of service is that God becomes human and dies for us. And that we, as Jesus' followers, are called to be the same. You'll hear this over and over again as we walk through Mark. Um, and, And Jesus continues. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. This is verse 36. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if we want to succeed in Jesus' eyes, if we want to live our lives according to the priorities of heaven, then that means we win when we serve. That means we are the greatest in the eyes of God when we are serving others, when we are giving ourselves to others. Jesus said on another occasion, you want to find your life, you got to lose it. For it's those who give their lives away that find their life. And of course, we have the greatest example of Jesus, the one who's forming our soul, did just that. After uh, just two chapters after this one we just read is the triumphal entry where he heads into Jerusalem, where he's headed to the cross. So he, he, Jesus is saying to us here, man, something about hanging out with children forms us according to the ways of Jesus. So it's, it's not about caring for children. It's about my soul. We, we pour ourselves into children for our discipleship. Make make no mistake about it. The primary purpose of the church is to make me and you look more and more like Jesus. Everything else we do is to serve that end. That's why Jesus said, the Great Commission, you, you are to go and help people obey me. That's what it means to be a disciple. So... We obey Jesus and we bring others to do the same. And God uses all of that to help us grow in Him. And that's what He's saying here. He's giving a living illustration of this. I mean, He goes out. There's a child in in the midst of it. And He picks up the child and puts them in the middle of the disciples. And then He takes them in His arms. You have to use your imagination. I realize that. And He says, now, if you receive one of these... You build the future of the church? No. You, you pour into a disciple who will now follow me? No. He doesn't say that. He doesn't give any kind of strategic, particular thing that happens because of that. If you do that, you're going to change the world. You're going to impact a family. No. He doesn't say any of that. You receive a child. You receive me. When we work with children, we are encountering Jesus in that moment. It may be that the greatest act of my ministry was changing the diaper of a child. Maybe that's the greatest act of your ministry. But, but Jesus, he, He's clear here. You receive a child like this, then you receive me. Now you need to understand. In, in the the there's a a couple couple things here, um, that I want you to see. One, he says, you receive one child. He doesn't say a bunch. Or he doesn't say children. He says you receive one child. So it's it's not like we've got to go out and change the world. We don't have to be all strategic. We don't have to worry about the paralysis of analysis. Who's the child that's in your midst? How do you how are you loving them? Could be your own children, could be your own grandchildren, could be neighbors. It could be students at Pleasant Hill, could be students that come uh, through here, children that come through here through interfaith hospitality network that we're starting back up this year where we partner with homeless families who are ex- currently experiencing homelessness, children who don't have a place to lay their head and who need their their guardian to be with them uh, in uh, their interim care. That That's... When, when, who is it? It's just one. He just says one, not twenty, not ten, not the children of your city or your world, but just one. Take one. It says and take one child. Now, what you need to know in the first century, children were not highly valued, particularly infants. You know, they did not contribute anything. They, they took a lot from the family with the hope that they would. They were valuable in this moment if they panned out and worked on the farm, worked in the family business. So it was a practice, it was a a practice enough to be known and recorded that we know that some families, when they had a child that they didn't want, but either because they were sickness or because sometimes because they were female and they had enough females, they would take the child and put the child at the garbage dump. And often then the child would die there. But in the early centuries of the church, as the church started taking seriously what Jesus was saying here, Saying, Wait a minute, that, that's Jesus there on the dump. That little infant, that child, that's Jesus. Jesus says if I go, I pass by the dump and I see a child, so the church started picking them up and started raising them and caring for them, and eventually the practice stopped. But so children, particularly infants, were not seen as highly valuable. So we take one child and you receive in my name. We receive a child in the name of Jesus. So we care for that child just like Jesus cares for you. As Colleen just said, with an abundant wave of grace over and over and over again. With patience and kindness and compassion and mercy that never ends. Uh, That that can be one of the greatest benefits of working with children. Uh, Developing patience and kindness and mercy when you don't want to. I can recall vividly one evening. This is 28 years ago, 29 years ago. only know that because she's just turned 30. That a child in, in the middle of the night rang out with cries. And I woke up. It was my turn. And so I went into the room. And as I opened the door, I was greeted with an aroma that would knock anyone down. And then a sight that was worse than any horror movie I'd ever seen. The diaper had blown out. The child had taken it all Covered themselves, covered their wall. I had no interest in doing anything like Jesus in that moment. I don't even think Jesus came to mind. It was just, okay, let's clean. You know, let's clean the child, then clean the other stuff. Eventually get the child back in clothes that were clean. And then in the rocking chair and just rocking us both to sleep. It wasn't in that moment that I encountered Jesus, but it was later on through some friends sharing that story and uh, that in, was then encountered Jesus in that moment and said, yeah, isn't that exactly how Jesus loves us? We make all kinds of messes that are absolutely putrid in his sight. They are evil. They are wrong. And he comes, cleans us up, rocks us back, puts us back to sleep, back to full, into life again. When we receive Jesus, as we take up a child, it's an act of worship. It's an act of adoration to him. It's an act of discipleship. It's a way that we experience the very presence of God. Indeed, changing a diaper may be the most Jesus-like act we ever fulfill. May our eyes and ears be open whenever we are caring for the children in our midst. Just the one. Just the one child, even. Now, one chapter later, Jesus has another encounter with the disciples around children. This is Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. And this is on their way to Jerusalem. This is on their way to the triumphal entry. It's just a chapter later. And they, were told, they being the crowd, were bringing children to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. I just We're only a chapter removed from Jesus saying, Hey, you welcome a child like this, you welcome me. And here, the disciples are already rebu- Why? Why are they rebuke? Well, it's because the disciples are totally back according to the ways of the world. I mean, they're headed to Jerusalem. This is the day Jesus is going to take his throne. He's going to lead us out of bondage. He's going to lead us to the place of salvation. This is victory day. They, they have been totally white, washed, brainwashed by the ways of the world. This is our understanding of victory. This is what it means to be great. They totally forgot. Jesus said, no, if you want to be great, you've got to be a servant. You see a child, man, don't treat them as something that's getting in the way. Don't tell them not to come to me. They're the very ones that are supposed to come to me. So, The disciples are are rebuking them. Love the disciples. They bring great comfort to my soul. Because I can't tell you how many times I've preached on something and three days later, it's like, whoa, what did I just preach on, let alone just read? Maybe you've had the same experience and can find the same comfort with the disciples. But verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. Oh, now that's a time to stop. It's not often that you see Jesus getting angry. It's only a couple times. And most often, what he gets indignant about, what he gets angry about, is when people like um, uh, like me and and many of you who are religious folks, that we get in the way of people encountering Jesus instead of make it happen. The same thing happened, you know, when he turned the tables in in the temple because they were using the court of the Gentiles, the outsiders, they started using that to sell the stuff they needed to make their lives easier and more convenient for the sacrifices. Jesus came and turned the tables. Again, the reason was because his people were getting in the way of others encountering Jesus. That's when Jesus gets mad. He doesn't get mad because he doesn't get his way. He doesn't get mad because he's scared. He doesn't get mad because he's frustrated. Um, He doesn't get mad because the world's changing so fast. He doesn't get mad at any of that. He gets mad because the church gets in the way of others encountering him. So what we, and so Jesus then uh, continues after being indignant with them. He says, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. I mean, the, these children and people like them. The, the folks that the world doesn't value. The, the folks that the world says, ah, they, they really don't measure up. The, the folks that don't don't see as strong or strategic. that That's the people the kingdom of God is for. They're, they're for children just like this those that may be seen as an inconvenience those that may be seen as unwanted or unworthy the kingdom of god the very reason i'm here jesus says because that's why he's here to be the kingdom of god is to touch people just like them in verse 15 says truly i say to you whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. If I and you want to enter the kingdom of God, we want to be a part of the way that God has created us to be, then we have to become like the child, not the child becoming like us. What does he mean there? What are some of the ways that that may be the case? Well, I think one is that babies are absolutely helpless. And in need, they'll take help from anybody, anywhere they can get it. To keep the diaper theme. I've changed the diapers of plenty of baby in church nurseries uh, that I never knew. And they're, most of the time, they could care less as long as they got a clean diaper. Some of the times, though. They did care. They were even crying. Even though I was there to help them, they were crying all the time. And it wasn't until everything was clean, everything was dry, put back on, and they were back in the arms that then they sort of calmed down. And I wonder how much that's how we can be with Jesus too. That he's, he's at work cleaning the mess, and, and yet we're crying and complaining and moaning the whole time. No, we have to be like this child. That when, when we have crap in our lives messing us up, that we turn to Jesus. We turn to Jesus. People, help me. Let's get this diaper changed. Let's let's continue to obey you, Jesus. I think we can also learn from uh, from, from children in their beautiful, naive faith. Just that they're, they're trusting. You experienced that uh, before? I, I remember one time, this was maybe 20 years ago. Um, and I was with uh, Clara, a middle child. We were at the beach. And uh, we were just, just the two of us. I don't know where the uh, others were, but there was a sandbar about 30 feet off the, the shore. I said, Claire, you want to go to the, the sandbar? Yeah, daddy, let's go. It's all right, just jump on. So just jump on my back. She jumped on my back, you know, held on to my neck. And we just swam out to the sandbar. Now, we're about halfway there. And I'm noticing the water's about 10 feet deep where we are. And I'm with a three-year-old holding on my back. She doesn't have a life jacket on. I don't have a life jacket on. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. What am I doing? But she's just having a great time going to the sandbar and obviously we get there and we come back and, um, and, you know, don't call, you know, 411 kids or whatever it is right now. I mean, the statute of limitations are over, you know, and we survived. But she was just as happy as could be the whole way. And it's funny, yesterday, you know, so I'm back up here in the office preparing and she calls. And uh, she calls FaceTime, so she notices uh, that I'm in the office. She says, "What are you doing in the office?" And that's why I tell her the story. And and then as we're saying, I say, "Oh, Clara, I might tell a story on you." She goes, "No," <laughs> which which one? I go, "Don't worry, none of the high school stories are ever going to make a sermon, so you're good." And and I told her the story, and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." She didn't remember it, but she certainly got it. She goes, "Yeah, uh, you, you know, whatever you say, Daddy. Let's go." That's what a follower of Jesus is when we become like a child. Where are you calling us? you calling us to become a diverse community of Jesus followers? Where we're going to be united in Jesus no matter what our different backgrounds are because Jesus is more important than any other commitment? Sure, Daddy, let's go. Oh, and it's going to get deep. The waters are going to get rough. But we're committed to Jesus and there is no greater commitment than following Him. Are we going to be in a situation where um, uh, political decisions are made that are counter to the very core of what we believe God created us to be and do? Yeah. But we're going to keep following Jesus. We're going to keep following Jesus like a child. We're going to keep being a people that are characterized by that overflowing grace that comes over and over again. Because we're just holding on to Daddy. And even if the water is deep, even if the storm is great, even if things are crazy, we're going to follow him. That children teach us that. That's why we pour ourselves into children. Because we want to follow Jesus. Jesus told us to, twice here. He said, hey, pour yourselves into children. Because when you do, you'll encounter me. And that's what life is all about. G.K. Chesterton, uh, it's a Christian guy from a long time ago, sort of like C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, those, those folks, um, in his book, Orthodoxy, uh, talks about one of the ways that we adults may need to grow young again. It says this, because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit, fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged, they always say, do it again, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he's nearly dead. For grown-up people... We're not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike It may be that God makes every daisy separately but has never got tired of making them. It may be that He has the eternal appetite of infancy for we have sinned and grown old and our Father is younger than we. Jesus Cares for children. Everyone. Jesus commands us as disciples. To care for children. And Jesus tells us that when we do. We receive him. We encounter him. We grow in him. We live into the more and more into the fullness. Of the kingdom of God. The way of living that he brought for us. To live. That's why. We care for children. Let's pray. Almighty God. We do lift up to you. The many avenues and ministries. That you have provided for us. uh, To to do what Jesus tells us to do. And and to encounter you there. Lord we we pray uh, today. For the nursery and the classes that are going on for children today and for those that are teaching them thank you and may may all who participate there uh, may they encounter you in these myths may they may be empowered not just to fulfill an obligation but to grow in love we, we lift up uh, to you as well three C's as it's beginning to start for Jesus University, for WizKids and, and mentoring, for the youth, for the, um, the Interfaith Hospitality Network that will be um, coming back here in the next month. And all of those, Lord, we pray uh, for... Your blessing for you to work through us and live through us even in our imperfections and our misplaced motives, Lord. We, we want that to, to glorify and honor you and that you, as you promise, your promises that we're going to encounter you. We're going to receive you as we do that. So Lord, help us to see and experience that. And Lord, we, we pray for the, the, the children in, in our, our city. We pray uh, for uh, the, the schools in our city. We, we pray for Cincinnati Public Schools and just the, the new superintendent. We, we pray for the other schools, that um, other school systems, other independent schools. We, we pray your blessing upon each and every one uh, for we want uh, each one to be a, a conduit of your blessing, whether they know it or not. May they be a blessing as they care for the children in our midst. We pray um, for our denomination, um, for the, the children's and family ministry of our denomination that would continue to influence and lead churches to care, as Jesus called us to. And we pray for all the churches in our city. Uh, there are plenty of children to go around. May e- each one uh, feel the weight uh, of your and the depth and the thickness of of your call to care for the children in our midst, so that you would be glorified and honored, and that your church would be maturing in you, uh, Father. Um, we pr- particularly we pray for Morgan and, and Jesse and their uh, little child. Gos just born a couple weeks ago, who's um, in intensive care at Children's Hospital, continuing uh, to struggle and discern um, certain cardiac conditions and uh, heart health. Lord, we, we pray for your blessing upon them. May you give to Morgan and Jesse that peace that's beyond understanding. Give wisdom and insight to the physicians and strengthen Gio's body. We pray your healing hand upon him. And um, Lord, we we prayed, and just again this season, as schoolers starting and families are getting back into the that that uh, routine. Lord, we we pray again your your blessing, particularly for for parents who are that really the primary disciple maker for their their children. That they would see the, the ministry, they would experience you in the ministry of that day to day. That's so easy to to lose touch with you. We pray your blessing, particularly. Um, Moms and the dads, aunts and uncles, the grandparents, the the guardians. We particularly, we lift up to you those in our midst, children who's lost their their parents for whatever reason and who are foster uh, children who who in need of your care. Lord, you, we pray particular blessing and provision for each of them. And may, may you continue to raise up your church to care for, as James calls us to, the orphans in our midst particularly. And Father, we um, lift up to you also uh, Joyce Graber, who is in, in the hospital this uh, weekend. Pray your provision, your healing hand upon her. And we pray for Melanie Alexander and family um, in the, the death of her brother. Pray that they would know the, the peace that surpasses all understanding from the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. Now, Lord, in every way, uh, continue to, to lead us in the ways of Jesus that we might indeed... Pour ourselves out to the children in our midst. We might encounter you there. And we might be changed. To be more and more like Jesus. To be more and more childlike. In you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.